Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. What's up, everybody? Welcome on in to another episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by our friends at Wheelan Engineering. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Wheelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. Once again, from MRN HQ here in Concord, North Carolina, I'm MRN pit reporter Chris Wilner, MRN announcer Kyle Ricky out in Connecticut. K. Rick, man, probably one of the busiest guys right now. You've got a little extra on your work plate up there at Stafford. How's it been going? How's your week? Yeah, it's been busy. Uh, unfortunately, it has also been wet. Um, our our karting program on Monday night got rained out. Usually, uh, that seems to have been the case the last couple of months. Uh, every day it has rained up here. But um, yeah, we have a bit, you know we had a SK five K, one of the biggest events of the year for the SK modified slash Friday night won by Todd Owen. Uh, this coming week, uh, another race program on Friday. We're also involved in an event at the New London Waterford Speed Bowl with the Monaco Modified Tri-Track Series on Saturday. So uh, things are are very busy, all of which can be seen on Flow Racing uh, throughout the next uh, couple of days and, and into the weekend. So uh, been busy, but uh, it's been a good busy. Yeah, and it's been busy all over the racing community, obviously with short track racing, of course, uh, as we record this show, the Battle of Berlin going on up at Jeff Striegel's track. So, of course, we'll uh, stay tuned to what's going on there, that race live on Flow Racing. And, of course, in NASCAR in general, we're going to Indianapolis, my hometown. I'll be out at IRP along with our producer, Pat Jaggers, uh, for the Trucks and ARCA race. We'll dive into some of that a little bit later in the show. And speaking of trucks, one of our NASCAR Roots racers that has moved his way up to the Truck Series and actually the defending national weekly champion Lane Riggs will be on the show. So we've got a lot to talk about with Lane coming up here on Coast to Coast. Now, Kyle, as we do with every show, let's start with the week that was or the weekend that was and some big races going on, including the ground pounders were back in action. The NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour at Lancaster, making the return up that way for the New Way Auto Parts 150. Heck of a battle. We talked about when Austin Beers captured that first win and the emotions behind that. Boy, he looked just as happy for win number two there this weekend. Yeah, and that's because he held off a couple of challenges by Matt Hirschman, who I think a lot of people thought was going to get out front and walk away uh, with the event, and that was far from the case. And It was a race that went uh, long green. I think there were just two yellows over the course of the 150-lap event, one for an incident uh, late that set up uh, quite the shootout. Fun to watch Austin hold off Matt over the closing laps. But, uh, yeah, second win of the year for the second-generation driver, Austin Beers, after picking up that win at the Richmond Raceway uh, earlier in the spring. So uh, up to third in the championship standings, I believe, but it'll be hard for him to contend uh, for this year's title. Still uh, quite a gap back from the lead, two with uh, just – well, I guess there's still quite a few races left as they head to Thompson this coming Wednesday night. So he has a shot, but uh, he's going to need some help here over the next couple of months. Yeah, midweek race coming up just about 10 minutes up the road from you at Thompson, so I'm sure you're going to probably head up that direction Wednesday night. But what did you think, though, 
like you mentioned, just maybe one or two cautions in that race. I feel like we've kind of had this trend now. We go to these short tracks, and you're just ready for the carnage, and it never comes. But it speaks to the level of the talent there in the in the tour this season. Yeah, and I, th- I think the, the size of the field has helped that. I mean, there was an era where 30, 32, 36 modifieds would start some of these races, and you would get – you know, 12, 13 cautions over the course of 150 or 200 laps at some of these short tracks. Uh, in the last couple of years, the field size has, you know, uh, shrunk just a bit, 20, 21, 22 cars taking the green flag, and that has helped with room on the racetrack. Uh, we had a caution-free race a couple of years ago at the Monadnock Speedway. I never thought we'd see that, but uh, 200 laps there, and I think it was like 32 minutes or 37 minutes. It was quick. Uh, so yeah, I think that's part of it. And, and I, I think these teams know that there's a lot on the line. There's a lot of races coming up. They're in their busiest stretch and they can't afford to, to tear stuff up. And, and that's, I think what contributed to a fairly quick race at Lancaster last weekend. Congratulations again to Austin beers, moving on to another national series, the Arkham Menard series. Speaking of grueling stretches, they've had three in a row. They're going to have three in a row here this weekend. And then they yep. get one week off before they go six straight. So the last weekend, it was at Michigan, and it was Jesse Love again. But, boy, I don't envy what he had to battle in the race car. You know, as a not race car driver now in my in my career, I maybe be outside mowing the lawn here in the heat of Charlotte in the dead of summer, get some of that heat exhaustion. I get to go inside, cool off a little bit, have a glass of water or whatever you have. But he had to battle heat exhaustion after the cool suit went out, the helmet fan went out, yeah. the foot dryer or foot fan went out and had to run a blazing heat uh, in the blazing heat at Michigan, picked up the win, though, holding off in an incredible race. I mean, the the mental strength, Kyle, that it takes for a race car driver to do that is pretty incredible. It's such a young age, too, for Jesse. And arguably one of the hottest or maybe most humid times of the day with that race starting, you know, after, what, 6 o'clock, you know, uh, not quite before sunset, but uh, pretty darn close. And the race went up to about sunset, but uh, he was able to persevere through it, had a great race car. What is that? Six of 11 now on the Arkham Menard series season. Got a quite the point lead 82 back to Frankie Munez, who had a nice top five run on Friday evening uh, to finish in the uh, fifth spot, still 82 points back though. So uh, Jesse's got it going on right now and uh, you know, nine races to go. It's looking pretty good for, for Jesse Love and picking up that championship. Yeah, nothing's slowing Jesse Love down. And, of course, that Venturini Motorsports team, who we talk about each and every year, is the perennial force. And if you're going to yeah. win a championship, you got to go through them if you don't join them, like Jesse Love did. So congratulations to Jesse. Again, rip-roaring through the Arkham Nard season. Again, they, they're back in action. We'll talk about it coming up in segment number three at IRP. So we go back to the short track. Uh, and a place that I love, and it's near dear to my heart. So excited for that one. Uh, let's go north of the border, Kyle. Three Rivers, the iconic venue uh, for the NASCAR Pinty Series. Of course, their schedule continues just to fly on by in 2023, and it was Mark Antoine Cameron finally getting that elusive crown jewel victory over the weekend. He's tried. He's had polls. He's had three or four top fives. Finally got it done there on Saturday. He did, and he had to, you know, survive a couple of big incidents over the course of the event, thankfully behind him. I'm not sure if you saw the lap one crash uh, with Kevin Lacroix going over the top of Andrew Ranger going into, I think, turn three of the very first lap. Uh, A wild incident, two of the biggest names and and two of the favorites in that race uh, that have done well there in the past 
out before they even got to turn four. So uh, great race, 30-car field, took the green flag, and uh, yeah, it was Mark Antoine Cameron holding off LP Dumoulin at the finish. Uh, great season rolling on here for the NASCAR Pinty Series, just five races to go, and that includes a doubleheader this upcoming week on Monday and Tuesday night at Osh Weekend. So uh, their season is uh, winding down here pretty quick, as it usually does north of the border. Yeah, it certainly does. But, you know, the points battle is starting to shape up just a little bit. We talked about Trayton Lapsus. He continues to hold on to the lead, 31 points, despite tying his worst finish of sixth over the weekend. So you scratch and claw, Kyle, and sometimes you still come out, you know, on the on the upside of things. I'm sure Trayton was a little bit worried about where he'd be in the point situation. But 31 points is still pretty good here with a few races left. He started out the season so strong, and I feel like over the last uh, two or three races, we haven't really seen much of Trayton as far as leading laps on the podium, especially winning races. But maintaining that gap, maintaining that point lead now at 31, like you mentioned a moment ago, over Cameron, and then it's a larger gap back to Alex Tagliani in third, 52 points back. So uh, he, if he can hang on to those fifth and sixth place finishes over the next couple of weeks, he should be in good shape to pick up that championship. Before we get to our guest of the week here on Coast to Coast, let's talk about Langley Speedway, Connor Hall, Kyle. I mean, just give him the trophy and the check for the championship now. I mean, sweeps the double sprint race up there at Langley over the weekend. Of course, that was after the 11 race in a row win streak for him was ended by Brendan Butter being queen yep. at the Hampton Heat. But just picks up where you left off, and that's what, win number 13, 12 and 13 over the weekend at Langley. Uh, the track championship, all but his at this point, even though they still have several weekends left in the 2023 season. Um, I'd like to see, you know, where he would stack up, maybe venturing off a little bit from Langley, but definitely has uh, that track wrapped around his finger, I think, at this point. And yeah, he's no doubt in his comfort zone. Uh, it's a good feel the race cars there at the Langley Speedway as well. Uh, you know, we talked about all the big names that competed in the Hampton Heat. A lot of those drivers uh, run there on a weekly basis. And, yeah, Connor's got to figure it out. And you'll have that every once in a while where you get a driver that uh, finds his comfortability, uh, has the confidence, and is able just to rattle off about every, you know, race of the season. He is all for, well, all, all of one uh, here in 2020 or 2023 with just a couple of races remaining. And, and you're right. I think he probably has the track championship all but locked up. I do want to give a shout out too. I think we failed to mention and I'm kicking myself for this last week, Kate Ray won at Oxford yep. second woman ever to do it uh, in a late model there at Oxford. We had her on the show last year. One an incredible young lady uh, that's really making waves in the sport and is doing a heck of a job at it. So I wanted to give her a shout out. Congratulations. Of course, that race is rapidly approaching to the Oxford Plains 250. So we'll talk about that, I'm sure, in the coming weeks. All right. We talked about Indianapolis. It's a big weekend for NASCAR. It's a big weekend for the Arc Menard Series. Uh, well, the driver that has graduated up from the late models and, of course, winning the national championship last year over Peyton Sellers, Lane Riggs, made his debut in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series last year with a top 10 finish. He's back for more. We've got him on the flip side of the break. That's coming up next on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Whelan Engineering. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and warning systems for the automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Whelan products are designed, sourced, and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Whelan Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left, and we're here to stay. 
the phone via Zoom. It is Lane Riggs who's making his return to IRP for the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series, this time for Spire Motorsports. Lane, again, appreciate you being on the show with us. I know it's been uh, a work in the making here to get to this point. What are the excitement level getting back to IRP, a place that you just told me you loved, but obviously had a good run there last year with Hallmark Friesen, now running the Spire Motorsports truck. Where's the excitement level as we get going this weekend? About as high as it can get. It's it's. I think this is my best opportunity so far going in. Uh, great track for me. I mean, I'm first ever time in a truck, first ever time at IRP, we went out and finished seventh after you know, bad luck during the race even. Now I'm going to be with, with Spire Motorsports, uh, same exact truck that Larson won with at Wilkesboro. And I think that that's probably the most similar track in the truck series to each other. Uh, setup wise, you know, I got Bono Manion on the top of the box. I mean, he's a smart cookie. Everything is pointing in the right direction to have a really strong run and I mean, possibly even a win. I was thinking about that last night. I was like, what if I won that race? That'd be insane. Uh, th- but the goal's there. That's the goal. I want to go win. So uh, I think I got a great opportunity. I'm super thankful to Infinity Communications and Jeff Coffey. He, he's the one that gave me this opportunity to be able to live out my dreams. Uh, he's a huge supporter of, of me and Lane Riggs brand and uh, getting me these opportunities to try to help me move up. You know, he, he keeps talking about, I want to see you in cup one day. I want to see you in cup one day. And it's, uh, it's all pushing the right direction. So uh, just super thankful to the people around me, super thankful for the opportunity. And you know, it's all about the timing of it all coming together. And I'm glad that Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to no go racing fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's not here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak this one did it's a great opportunity uh no doubt uh, this week at, I, at irp what's the preparation like though leading into this weekend with with a team that you don't run with weekly and a series that you obviously don't run with weekly uh what, what you know what's the the prep like to prepare for for what's ahead on friday night well it's more of just watching video and, and that's been for most people because this is like one of the only tracks on the circuit that there isn't good sim programs for. So, you know, most, most of the tracks we go to is cup tracks or, you know, big tracks, you know, say Iowa or places like that, that, you know, they used to go to, but IRP isn't a scan laser scan track. So there's really not an accurate sim program for any manufacturer out there. I've learned. Um, so everybody's kind of going in blind. And I feel like if anything, that's giving me the upper hand being a short track racer, having experience at IRP last year, and things of that nature. So it's kind of been really low key. I mean, I played a little bit of eye racing last night, got on there and roughed up some people and see fixed. And uh, that's about all that I could do uh, is just try to get there and watch video and just try to relive any memories that I had last year. But you know, IRP is a, it's a pretty easy track to get a hold of. You just deep it off in the corner and let it slide at the bank until it turns. Once you get it rotated, you get back on the gas off the corner and have some nice easy throttle control and uh, i think that's something that i was strong with last year you know a lot of these guys used to the mile and a half you're in the gas more than you're not and you know they just couldn't quite lay the throttle down right they did they're not doing enough or they'd spin the tires so i think that's something that's going to be my strong point and some a track like that that you have to have a lot of patience and a lot of patience with your with your right foot is somewhere that i'm going to be strong 
I was going to say, what's the biggest takeaway from your experience there last year? Because I know down on pit road, it was interesting to see how quickly the lines changed and guys running up against the wall and, and trying to get the truck pointed off the front straightaway. Where do you feel like you learned the most that will help you the second time around? I think it's just mainly learning the radial tires. Uh, you know, I've run bias plies, short track tires my whole life. And the first time there at IRP last year, I had to learn a radial in 20 minutes. You know, I had the sim, we had the sim at Toyota last year that was, it was okay. They they tried to guess on IRP, but in truly, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't accurate. So, I mean, and also you're in a simulator, you can't feel it with your, with your two rear cheeks. So I had to go out there and truly learn a radial in 20 minutes and uh, in qualifying and in the race. And I think it's just learning that edge is so much finer, you know, a bias ply, you can lean on it, you can slide them a little bit, you can still make speed. But the radio, it's like you're good, you're good. Then all of a sudden you slip and it's it's a big slip. You're you're going for a ride. So it's just learning to be on that 99% edge without hitting 100% grip uh, is the hardest thing. And, and like I said, these guys, I, I think even the veterans struggled with it. I remember last year, uh, you know, we, we qualified pretty far back in the pack and I was working my way to the front. And I was like, man, there's all these guys I watch on TV every weekend. I'm like, here's Sauter right next to me and Crafton. I'm like, you know, I need to watch them. They, they, they know their stuff. And I look and they're spinning off the corners. I'm like, oh gosh, <laughs> I thought that they would, they have a little <laughs> maybe bit not, maybe control. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, and I ended up passing both of them and finishing both of, in front of both of them. So um, that was a, a really cool experience. And um, but either way, I'm just, I'm just glad to be back in the truck series. I'm glad to be back on, on national television again. Uh, I hope I get talked about and in the front enough where they can talk about a battle for the lead or battle for, you know, top five spot. So it's really just getting out here and not letting anybody forget my name. And we thought we would see more of you last year after that great top 10 run. Certainly Lane will get more opportunity, maybe a full-time ride this year. Were there any opportunities that, that came from that? Did the phone ring at all? And, and maybe they just weren't the right opportunity in the right moment uh, leading into to this season? Well, not initially. Uh, it wasn't like, you know, the Monday after the race, getting right. phone calls. Um, but I think in the long term, yes. Like, example, I don't think I would have gotten this ride this weekend if we didn't do what we did last year. So I think it's more of just the long-term goals and long-term, um, you know, stats that we put down that, that's what's making the bigger deal. So, um, yes, every good run we had helped, uh, but not on the short term. I was going to say, as, as somebody who's now making this transition, you know, we talk about the sport and kind of where it's at in terms of drivers getting opportunities. And, of course, it all starts with the pocketbook, right? How hard is it now to get sponsorship? I mean, I know uh, I read a story, too, about how, I guess, Hallmark Freeze, you know, there was maybe an opportunity, but you had to find funding and just things didn't work out. And, and unfortunately, that's the case for a lot of people. So just how hard as a driver is it now and where the current state of the sport is just to get that funding to secure those opportunities for you? It, it's harder than ever. Uh, the, the the economy and the way that money flows nowadays, uh, it's really, really tough. Um, you have to know somebody. You have to have a connection. You have to find, you have to work all the time to try to find it, uh, make phone calls. It's a, it's a very tough game that I've been trying to play for four or five years now. And, uh, you know, so far I've only gotten, you know, four or five rides from it, but it's so hard to justify, you know, running late models and, you know, paying X amount every race uh, to do it yourself or, you know, do it for another team. And then just to move up, in my, in my opinion, one level. You know, I think late model and then truck should be right after. Um, it, it's, you know, 10 to 15 times more for a singular race. And, and, you know, the late model thing, you can go 
build your own cars, set them up, go race. You can't do that with a truck. I mean, you, you're going to finish maybe third from last at, at best. Uh, it's just the competition level and the resources and the professionalism of the, the stuff they bring to the racetrack is so much higher. So you have to go with another team. You have to find sponsorship to bring to another team. And that's so backwards from what it used to be back in the day. You know, dad talked about, you know, back, he said he's one of the last ones to get his opportunity the natural way. I went out there and won races and they called me with the sponsors called me and the teams called me. Um, I wish that's what it could get back to. I wish that the teams were the ones that were holding the sponsors and they went and recruited the best drivers. Now the teams are sitting there op- arms wide open waiting for the driver to come in with the best sponsor. So uh, it's tough, but you know, you got to play the game if you want to make it big time. So it's, you know, but back to what I said, it's, it's, it's all about infinity communications and Jeff coffee. He's the one that truly loves racing. He loves me and seeing me succeed. And uh, it takes people like that in the sport to, to keep it running. You mentioned the late model and the late model program. How much short tracking have you been doing this summer? Saw you were at the, the throwback race a week or so ago at the Hickory Motor Speedway. Uh, how much have you done and will you continue to do uh, once IRP gets in the rearview mirror here this weekend? Well, we've, we ran my car some at the beginning of the year, and obviously I got the opportunity to run for KHI at Caraway, and yep. that went really well until it didn't. And uh, we – you know, got another shot to go to Hickory and kind of stumped our toe. But, you know, right now it's it's looking like I'm going to run a couple more cars tour races for the KHI camp in the 62 car and um, talks with Kevin and, and the team about possibly doing some next year too or or even full-time. Uh, you know, nothing's in paper and pen yet, but um, I'm excited to do that. Uh, you know, it's, it's been nice to race for a different team. You know, forever it's been me and dad and, and you know, all our volunteer guys, but it's nice to go in with a – team that's professional as professional as a truck expanding your cup team and show up to a late model race uh, it's so much more easy as a driver just to sit back and be a driver instead of having to be a driver mechanic crew chief uh you know all of the above and uh it's it's a really good a really good opportunity with them and you know I'm super thankful to kevin delana and all them give me that opportunity and you know they're trying to build khi back and, and be what it used to be at one point and but instead of being in the truck series being in late model stock racing so if I can try to help build their program up and, and build it to a top tier championship team, I hope that I'm the the number one driver to do that. Yeah. And that'd be a huge opportunity, obviously, not only just with Kevin, but to work with Rodney Childers. I know that was a really cool experience for you. And unfortunately, you know, the, the whole DQ thing just overshadows how special that night was. And I have to ask because Kyle and I have talked about this on the show. I noticed lately, a lot of races are now won and lost in the tech shed and it seems like the rules between different tracks and different series, whether it's the NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series or Cars Tour when it comes to like late model stocks and stuff like that. Do you feel like the rules kind of need to be a little bit more forgiving or more in line with each other? Because it seems like you can run the same car at two different places, but way two different rules packages. And it gets all sorts of confusing, especially for us race fans. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the the Cars Tour rule book is a whole lot shorter uh you know there's there's very bare minimum rules which i like i think that's fun you can you can add creativity to the car you can do things that you can't in, in the nascar rule the rule the nascar rule book's 100 pages long for the late model stock section so um i mean to truly optimize yourself when you go to both of those races you need to have a car store car and you need to have a nascar car and i think that's more different now than it ever has been i think just you know most of the time people just had the the nascar car that went by every single little rule and they just took it to the cars tour races. And that's what everybody had. But now everybody's optimizing the cars tour rule book. When you do that, you can't take it back to the NASCAR tracks um, to, to a certain extent. So 
Um, I think that's the tough part. I, I, I you know, Kevin's pretty big in the in the car store series now, and he's talked to me oh, about having talks with uh, the the people at the NASCAR Weekly Series, and they're wanting to try to align themselves and and move forward to hopefully have you know locals show up to the cars to races now you know it's hard for those local guys that have to run by that long rule book every week to come running it's the guys that had the shorter rule book um i do think there needs to be change though uh, it, it's tough for everybody um but you know it, that's just that's just part of it when you have more than one series you mentioned kevin harvick uh how did that relationship come to be with uh you and, and kevin who is now you know one of the owners of, of the car store well there was a lot of different factors together is almost more of a connection between um, Delana and Rodney. Um, so Delana's dad, John Paul Limble, um, gave my dad one of his first opportunities racing um, in the, in the pro cup series back in the day in the, in the mid to late nineties um, in the number 62 car. And yeah. they went and won a bunch of races together. And uh, you know, that was before Delana even knew Kevin. And uh, so went down the road, dad made it to cup and Rodney was his crew chief. So Rodney, he knew Rodney very well, still talks to him, you know, even up till last year all the time. Um, so then, you know, they built the late model for Kevin. They went to Wilkesboro. Granted, they parked next to us in the pits. Um, everything just aligned right. You know, we, we talked a lot and had a strong run that night. And, you know, the Monday morning, you know, Kevin called me and said, hey, I want you to go run Caraway for us. You know, I, I can't really do this. I'm racing cup full time, but I still want to build this late model program. I can't do it by myself. I needed an experienced late model driver to come in and help build it. And I guess I was the right guy for it. And I couldn't be more thankful for that timing and the way everything worked out. But, you know, again, everything happens for a reason. So I'm glad that I was sitting in the right shoes that day. Before we let you go, just overall, what's life been like since your national champion? I mean, I guess what we're in August now. So it's been several, almost a full, you know, racing season since uh, you took home the national championship last year, but what's, how's your life changed? I mean, obviously we know, still fighting to get in the truck series. You've had those couple opportunities this year and then now coming to IRP, but um, have you felt different? Have things been a little bit different since then? And 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 what do you see the future holds for you? It's been more of a relief. And, you know, last year was just, uh, I was a ball of stress the whole time, just tense, uh, racing two, three times a weekend. Uh, it was grueling. So this year, it's been a whole lot slower and enjoyable because we race once every two to three weeks. And we really get to prepare and focus and enjoy every single weekend. You know, last year it was, we had to force ourselves to go to the racetrack. We had beaten battered cars. We work all night and sleep none to get to the racetrack the next day. And, you know, that really did suck the fun out of it. But in the end, it paid off. Say we didn't win, it would have been total waste of time. So I'm just so thankful that we were able to pull everything together and make it happen and win it. But, you know, the opportunity wise, I don't think I would have been in the 62 car without that. You know, it goes back to the long-term opportunity deal. You know, it wasn't the day after we won it, got a phone call. We want you to come run, run my late model. But uh, all the stats that keep building up and adding up and, you know, put on my resume is is nothing but helping me get the job in the end. So uh, it's been easier and more fun and relieving to be able to walk in my room and look at the trophy every day. It's, uh, it's an enjoyable thing to – I'll never forget the rest of my life. Final question for you. Uh, you've mentioned your dad several times now. Tell us about that paint scheme a couple of well, a week and a half ago, your throwback scheme at, at Hickory uh, in honor of, of your dad. Yeah, well, we were in the 62, uh, same font, same scheme as John Paul. Um, 
we ran that actually at Caraway and we just ran it again at Hickory. <laughs> we we were wow. we ran it at Caraway and we I asked Kevin, uh, I said, What's what's gonna be our throwback scheme? He said, We're gonna throw it back to Caraway last weekend. <laughs> I like it. I was like, Well, it's it's already a throwback scheme, so that that's perfect. Um I think that's the same number font we're gonna run all the time. It's gonna we're gonna kind of be the throwback car twenty four seven. So it's a it's it's a pretty cool deal to put together. I know it's really special for Delena and, and Kevin and everybody that that knew John Paul. I didn't know him personally, um, but I, from all the stories I've heard and stuff they've told me, he's a. I know he's smiling down, looking at the sixty two run good, and he's really excited about that. Lane, congratulations, man, on all the success and and best of luck this weekend. I hope to catch up with you down on pit road before the start of the truck series race. Go give him a good one, all right? You're in a good equipment. You've got a great crew chief on the box. Time to get the job done, and hopefully we'll get to talk to you in victory lane. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys. Looking forward to it. That's Lane Riggs getting ready to tackle IRP for the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series with Spire Motorsports. Coming up next, some news and notes and a look at the calendar on NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Whelan Engineering. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and warning systems for the automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Whelan products are designed, sourced, and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Whelan Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left, and we're here to stay. Welcome back into NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Whelan Engineering. Kyle, great conversation with Lane Riggs. I'm hoping he gets more opportunities. Of course, uh, we'll be wait to be seen, but obviously uh, the rides he's been in, whether it was Hallmar Friesen uh, running the Tricon Garage Toyota earlier this year, and of course now for Spire Motorsports, I mean, all really good opportunities. So uh, hopefully he could flex his muscle again at IRP and uh, ink some more rides coming up here in the near future. And he's made the best of all of those opportunities. And we thought after last year's really solid run at IRP that we would see more of him, especially at, say, the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series level. But that just has not been the case for, you know, a number of reasons. But hopefully, uh, you know, he's back in the spotlight this weekend at, at IRP and can show the, the, the NASCAR world at the national level that, you know, that's where he belongs. Speaking of IRPs, we get to some news and notes. The ASA and CRA Super Series that was slated to run Saturday after the NASCAR and ARCA weekend at IRP Friday already canceled. And Kyle, this makes me nervous because they're already forecasting inclement weather, maybe Friday, maybe Saturday. So I've got fingers, I've got toes crossed. And I think what they did as far as the ASA and CRA schedule was to say, well, we want to give the ARCA and, and truck guys a rain date just in case Friday night doesn't get uh, either fully in or maybe barely get – we don't get to halfway, whether it may be they want to leave Saturday open. So, unfortunately, if you're looking for some super late model action, not going to happen Saturday at IRP. I think they also had some midgets as well, uh, which are super cool if you ever get to watch open-wheel midgets at IRP screaming at 130 down into turn one. It's a sight to see. So you're going to have to wait for that. So unfortunately, that uh, postponed or canceled. I'm not sure of a makeup date just yet. Uh, Battle of Berlin, we talked about it, Kyle, at the top of the show, going on uh, right now as we record this. Obviously, yep. for those of you tuning in here on Thursday when the show is posted, you'll know who won. We don't, so don't spoil it. Uh, but congratulations, though. Early congratulations to Jeff Striegel. That was a monstrous effort between SRX getting it turned around for Battle at Berlin. Of course, the names, Kyle, that are in the field, Chase Elliott, William Byron, Eric Jones, Carson Hosevar. 
I talked to Ty Majeski, shocked he wasn't on the entry list. He said, yeah, not going to make it this year. Of course, he's been up there several, several times in his career. Uh, Evan Shotko, the defending winner, uh, kind of the local hero up there as well. Bubba Pollard, you name it, they've been up there. So uh, tip of the cap, Jeff Striegel, our colleague at Motor Racing Network, for a job well done. Can't wait to get the recap of all that stuff. Uh, Kyle, let's talk about this weekend. Let's go back to IRP for the Arkham Menard Series, the Reese's 200 at the short track. And again, last year it was all Chandler Smith. He's not in the field. Sammy Smith, he's not in the field. So we're going to have a new winner this year. What do you like? Well, who do you like? I guess uh, I would assume Jesse Love. Is there anybody else on your on your short list as somebody that could take home the checkered there at IRP? Yeah, you have a couple of uh, other potential winners in the field i think other than jesse love and if anybody can do it you know you have sean hingarani who's doing so well in the arkham Menards west campaign you have luke fathouse who is uh, always running well in, in the midwest and knows that track well so uh those are two right now on my short list if anybody uh can stay with jesse love i believe uh those two will be in contention on friday night Again, it is a combo weekend, so it is also race number six for the ARCA East program. They only have two races left, and Kyle, and you Bristol. mentioned Luke Fenhouse. He's just 11 points behind William Sawalich, both those drivers in the field. William running one of the Joe Gibbs Racing Toyotas that we've t- typically seen him as. So you get a short track, you get a tight points battle. Oh, but then you add the, the ARCA Menard Series drivers into it, like Jesse Love. I feel like you're going to have to to win this race. You're going to have to, one, go through Jesse, but probably go through William, too. And we've seen both of those scrap at the short tracks here lately this season. And Shane Van Gisbergen in the race as well. Who would have thought we'd see him uh, after running so well um, at, at the Chicago Street Race, making his oval debut here in the state. So that'll be fun as well. But you're right. A lot of great short trackers. A lot of races within a race with the East Series running, their penultimate race for the season. Uh, the ARCA National Series in the middle of a fairly long stretch for them. Uh, so a lot happening right now. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a great race, great feel the cars on Friday night. And they will have a week off, the Arkham Menard Series, before that six-race stretch. So they're on the heels of a three- or four-race grind. So I was curious to see, well, maybe will they play a little nice, save their stuff? Ah, they've got a week to fix the race cars, so maybe they'll take the gloves off a little bit at IRP. We'll find out. Again, that race, 6 p.m. Friday night. You can hear that race, yours truly, along with the rest of the MRN crew, 6 p.m. on the Motor Racing Network as well. All right, Kyle, some other big races coming up on the docket this weekend. The Cars Tour out at A Speedway. Super Modifieds at Meridian. And how about your weekly show at Stafford Friday night? You guys will be busy once again. Yeah, regular race program. Uh, our first regular race program of the year where there's nothing extra on the card. Mother Nature right now, fingers crossed. Looks like it's going to be a good night uh, for the SK Modifieds, the late models, the SK Lights, the Street Stocks, the limited late models. So should be a great show live on Flow. Want to give a quick shout out to Danny Bone winning the Modified Race at Bowman Gray Stadium last week. Did you see the Burt Myers incident on the backstretch, though? I did. The the little kitty litter toss uh, on the ride. And and that was a first for me. Also, it looked a lot darker than I thought Speedy Dry looked like. But, hey, nonetheless, valiant effort, good toss. That was a a whole bucket uh, from from Burt Myers to to Chris Fleming on the back straightaway. I had never seen that before. I thought he was going to pick up maybe a handful I didn't expect uh, most of the bucket sitting on the backstretch to end up in Chris Fleming's car, but I think he got his point across. Yeah, and and again, that's the magic of Bowman Gray. You never know what you're going to see. It's an entertainment spectacle. You haven't been there. 
get there. Uh, Monica Tri-Track Series at New London Waterford Speed Bowl. Kyle, I know you're going to be there. You guys have added some of that to your plate as well as far as the Stafford crew. So uh, what can we expect of that series? It's a cool little series up there as well for those uh, that love modified racing. Yeah, six races, uh, big money on the line. Uh, right now we have 32, 34 entries for, I believe, 30 starting spots. So going to be a great night. Matt Hirschman being one of those races. Uh, Dana DiMatteo, the the uh, kind of the, the local champion at Waterford, has won championships and legend cars and such. He won the race a year ago. He'll be in the field. A lot of the familiar faces from the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour will be uh, campaigning as well. So uh, going to be a great event. Uh, they'll race at uh, Waterford, Stafford. And then wrap up at Waterford in October. They've already run events at places like Thunder Road in Vermont, the Seekonk Speedway in Massachusetts, and the Star Speedway in New Hampshire. So uh, kind of a, a New England-based series, uh, six times throughout the summer. Fun, and we'll be on flow for the first time this weekend. That's right. It'll be on Saturday. And speaking of Saturday, plenty of racing as well. Some wing super modifieds at Oswego, wing sprints at Berlin. So Jeff Striegel's not done yet with his racing calendar uh, and plenty of weekly racing, whether you like Thunder Road, Hickory, Langley, much, much more all in the flow racing dial coming up on Saturday. And of course, plenty of big races still to come. I know Oxford 250, things like that, kind of looking down the horizon. So uh, not quite done yet, especially including the All-American 400 as well. So Kyle, uh, enjoy the weekend. I know you've got Stafford and you'll be headed up to New, Lo New London Waterford Speed Bowl. Uh, what do you think also, and you mentioned before we let you go too, Shane Van Gisbergen being in the field for the truck series, do we like him on an oval? What do you think? I feel like the guy can do anything at this point. Yeah, I love him on an oval. I think, uh, you know, all that supercar experience, we, you know, we saw what, you know, guys like Marcus Ambrose was able to do, you know, now more than a decade ago. I think, I think he'll be strong. Um, it's going to take him a little while to adapt. I think to turning left, it won't take him long though. I think a practice session and, you know, a couple of qualifying laps and, and he'll be good to go by race time on, on Friday night. So it'll be fun to watch him. And then we, we get to see him at the, the uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course over the weekend as well. So um going to be a very interesting weekend in Indianapolis. So many stories at both racetracks. Yeah. And at IMS too, you had him, you had Gastecki, another Australian V8 supercar legend, Kamui Kobayashi, uh, who is a sports car ace who, I mean, one of the fastest guys I've ever seen in a sports car. So you add those three into the Cup Series mix. Oh, boy, get your televisions and your radios tuned in to this weekend because it is going to be exciting. Now, Kyle mentioned IRP for the trucks. That is a doubleheader, again, on the Motor Racing Network. That is our schedule this weekend. 6 p.m. Friday is airtime for the Reese's 200, for the Arca Menard Series and Arca East Series. And then, of course, immediately following at 8.30 scheduled airtime for the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series, T-Sport 200, the playoff opener for the round of 10 in 2023. Well, thank you so much to Lane Riggs for joining us here on the show. Best of luck to him out at IRP. Hope to catch up with him this weekend. And for all of you tuned in here to NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Wheel and Engineering on the road, in the air, and around the world. Wheel and is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. For Kyle Ricky and our producer, Pat Jaggers, I'm Chris Wilner. See you next time on Coast to Coast. This season, Toyota Racing is looking for jugglers. Aha! Not the ones who toss balls or rings. Fans that can juggle the rigors of a 10-month-long season across many different racing circuits. Well, what if I added knives? What if you added GR Cup, Formula Drift, and off-road racing? If you can juggle it all, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. Formula Drift is a registered trademark of Formula Drift's Holdings, LLC.